Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. I am your not-so-secret pod crush, Oscar Puente, and I'm here to tell you that it's okay to be happy, it's okay to like things, you are wonderful, you are beautiful, you are fucking magnificent, and it's okay to be happy and love things. You are worthy of love and you are worthy of joy. At what point has this pod been negative while you were away? At what point? You tell me that. Yeah, me and Emily call it three sad British boys being sad, so. Yeah, Um, soaring up the charts. Speaking of love. I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by my two very good friends this week, super producer Ian Stimson and permanent resident guest host Adam P. <laughs> Adam, it's really good to be on a show with you for once. I know. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's been, I think we've been on a couple before, but yeah, it's definitely been far too long. Far too long. Well, I'm excited as if it's the first time all over again, Adam. The illusion will wear off soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, I've been gone for way too long. So Ian, what's up with the fish? Oscar, you don't want to ask me about the fish, man. Why? What happened? To- oh, no. Oh, no. What happened to the fish? I've had... Right. Since I came back from America, the fish have been a fucking nightmare. What like, happened? I, I had a filter break on me and start leaking oh. everywhere. And so then I had to go and get a substandard filter from the fish shop because it was Sunday uh, four o'clock. So it was like I li- literally had to run out and get something. And then since then, I've had deaths. Death. Oh no! So, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, it is sad. It is. Sad. Are you sure and, it's not Milo just uh, killing people in the night? Oh, that motherfucker's still alive and uh, <laughs> defending his territory viciously. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe it's him. Maybe it's just him. But yeah, it's been. Oh my god, it's been. It's been rough. Uh, I'm, I'm really thinking sorry to hear of, that genuinely. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of rescaping the whole tank uh, so as I can fit this new filter in. Uh, but it's oh, terrible business. Yeah, but thanks. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, Do you want to talk about uh, Peterborough? Because that's going equally well. Yeah, sure. Let's check in from Posh Island. <laughs> yeah. What's going on at the Posh? Hold on. So, I got the numbers. Let me check. Let me... Uh, oh, please. Ooh, oh. Uh, no. Mm. So we had a chance to... If we'd have won, then it would have been in our hands. But we go into the last day needing Derby to lose and us to win to secure playoff play. Yeah, of which there is a 13% chance of that happening, according to 538. Okay, 13 is actually better than I thought you were going to say. Go. So, okay, double yeah. digits. Yeah. I'll take 13. All right, well, that's a significant amount of negativity. Let's try to find some silver linings. Let's switch over to Adam. Adam, it's May. It's spring. The weather's turning surely. How are you doing over there? Uh, Arsenal didn't play this weekend, so there wasn't anything to significantly <laughs> like dampen my mood. Um, the, weather, the weather is slightly better, but I mean, it's England, so it's still kind of grades of being... Pretty oh, crap. On the edge. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I do have my work cut out for me this week. <laughs> what have I done this weekend? I haven't really watched much football, but I did go to a World War Two reenactment at a stately home. Were you cheering on the Germans again? <laughs> I'll tell you what, they were better dressed. Uh, just, Does it take just, you back to your glory days, Ian? Just an observation. Like a... They were better dressed. Um, but... Um, uh, you were talking about weather, weren't you? Yeah, I got sunburned. My head got sunburned in this oh, hey. fucking 15 degree cloudy weather. Uh, my bald pate is peeling as we speak. So, yeah. What a lovely mental image. Um. Well, since none of you asked, I'm doing great as well. So, you know. <laughs> um, You're always doing fine. Oh, man, this is so good. I'm giddy. It was a rough day. All right. Well, that's enough of the banter. Um, <laughs> Let's get to the football, gentlemen. Yeah, why not? All Tell right. me what happened. 
Well, it's been a while <laughs> since I was on, so you'll have to cast your man minds back, back, way oh. back to Thursday, January 19, 2023, at 15 <laughs> a.m. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Three months. Good Lord. Yeah, just a bit. It's been a while. It's been a while. Has it been that um, long? Yeah, long, long Rocket League season. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, no. It was, we made the playoffs, and we were pretty deep. Is so, there a yeah. is there a Pep Guardiola of the Rocket League? You're right? talking to him, baby. Yeah, <laughs> right that's here. What I wanted. That's Tactical what I wanted. genius. <laughs> Let more hair, though. More hair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let's uh, let's actually talk about Adam. I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to avoid this one. Uh, um, we'll kick off with Manchester City four, Arsenal one. That's the big one from the last week or so. Uh, Manchester City two point five to Arsenal's zero point five on XG. Uh, I'm sure we'll have lots to say about Man City, but we'll sort of clear a bit of runway for you, Adam, and take your time to vent. We're here. This is a safe space. What's going on with Arsenal? How are you feeling, bud? It wasn't great, was it, really, from an Arsenal perspective? Um, my expectations were quite low going into the match. I, I was kind of expecting a pretty a pretty handy City win. Um, I, I was hoping Arteta would do something to change things, but not expecting that he would just because it felt so predictable the way that we conceded and all the goals that we conceded, they felt, they felt very predictable. It was quite clear, at least to me that Rob Holding would try and match Erling Haaland, which when you say it as a sentence, seems like an incredibly stupid thing to do. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's just the kind of defender that he is. He always tries to go man to man and make, uh, make the battles more physical rather than technical. And you're just never going to win that battle with Haaland. And that was the, uh, the kind of route that City went down for the first goal, which which fair play was a great bit of skill from Haaland and a, a lovely finish from De Bruyne. And yeah, we were just never really in it. It was a um yeah, a bit of a depressing reminder of the gap that there like really is when City are on their top, like kind of at the peak of their powers. Um the gap that there still is between Arsenal and Man City. Um so it, yeah, it was even though I expected it, it was still kind of a little. It was still a little bit depressing, to be honest. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been a an up and down sort of season for Arsenal. I ha- I managed to miss most of the up, which was quite nice, um, in my time away. But what, like, how are you feeling more holistically? Let's say about Arsenal right now. Like, obviously, that's a really disappointing result. But does it like sour the whole season for you? Or is there a bit of like, you know, this is kind of where we were going to end up by the time the season played out? Where Where are your sort of thoughts? longer term yeah no I don't think it sours the season as a whole because going into it my expectations were if we can get in the Champions League that would be absolutely great so the fact that we're I think we're guaranteed Champions League football yeah, um nailed it this week no. yeah. well yeah exactly you know that's the real quiz um <laughs> but yeah so the fact that we're guaranteed Champions League football is obviously the priority for the season and the way that the team has played uh certainly like for the first kind of three four months was some of the best football I've seen Arsenal play in sort of the past 10 years, really. So I think when you look at it as a whole, it's difficult to say, it's difficult to be disappointed, but I think I'm slightly regretful the way that it feels like a familiar slide is happening. Because mm. the same thing happened last season where Arsenal kind of, a similar thing with injuries and the, lack of depth in the squad showed last season and we kind of petered out and didn't get top four. And now it feels... That slide is different though. That slide from 
you know, fourth place to Europa League qualification or whatever, that's a different slide yeah, from yeah, first it's a, to second. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. But um, I feel like the glory of winning the league is much greater than the like getting into the Champions I League. And it's, yeah. I, I think that what I'm kind of most upset feels slightly too strong, but I guess it is right. Like what I'm most upset about is there was a like, a brief week where I did actually believe we would win the league, and I'm kind of wow. annoyed that I let myself get lulled into that. Uh, I've been trying to warn you since the that. fall, man. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. listen, don't listen to this guy, right? <laughs> there were, there, that was absolutely that was absolutely on the cards. Or mm. it, no, hang on, Oscar, <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem you've got. This is the same problem you had when you went, ah, oh, it's done for Liverpool. It's done for Liverpool, and then they took it to the last game of the season. And, and did they indeed, win that title? Ian, just remind me. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Do your statistics go to the to the last half hour of a game? Do that they? is oh, the that's... biggest sample size possible. They go to the end of the season. <laughs> I believe is, is how we yeah, would phrase okay. it. Yeah. yeah, no, no. We'll we'll just talk to Leicester about that. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 no, obviously, man. We, we we to be fair, we've all said it. You included that um, Arsenal's problem was always going to be squad depth. If anything. If anything happened, something did happen. Rob Holding mm. happened, and then <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that was always going to be the problem. So, so you know, everyone said that, but I don't think it's mad that you allowed yourself to dream because I think your your cushion for a long time was very good. And then Man City just hit their straps at exactly the right time, doing doing exactly what Man City do, and that's where you're right, Oscar. You know, quality. The, the numbers showed out eventually and 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 that's that that's what usually happens and and man city have just been incredible for such a long time now and it, it, they're hitting it at exactly the right time and the treble is i was going to say potentially but i feel like i want to say fully on because you who who could you feel like would would beat Man City. You know, you'd never bet against them in any individual game now, would you? No, not at all. I do think I would, if I was putting money down, I would say that they're going to probably actually get the trouble. Obviously, the Champions League is the big one for them. They can't seem to sort of knock that one down. There's so much variance and luck in that, but in this, in definitely in a league play, you know, like you said, over the course of a whole season, the underlying numbers do play out. Um, and I'd be a, a man of poor faith if I gave up in the numbers halfway through the season when it's looking <laughs> like Arsenal are good. <laughs> If at the end of the year, it's going to be the team with the best XG that always comes out, you know? And that's kind of how it's gone. I mean, Man City are fucking unstoppable. If we can transition over from there, unless you have any last words on Arsenal here, Adam. No, not really. Does it sound like I it? Just, okay, I good. just really, I I think I maybe my like kind of final thing would be, I just hope we don't end the season with a whimper. Like I hope, God, I hope we beat Chelsea. God, a lot of not even you Chelsea, will. Frank Lampard, maybe. Yeah, you say that, but um, we thought the same about Southampton and West Ham. Um, but yeah, no, I hope we just don't end the season uh, like kind of out. I'd hope we don't go out with a whimper. I hope we run City as close as we can. Really, that's it. Well, to to be the resident silver lining, um, I will say that the TV man, in as backhanded of a way as I can imagine. Uh, I was quite surprised to learn that you guys hadn't been in the Champions League in so fucking long. Six seasons is a long <laughs> yeah, time Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a so while. So that's got to feel good, right? Like to clinch Champions League, even though you are sort of le- looking not likely for the title. City are... So I'll just get you some Brasso to br- brush up that silver lining that we <laughs> apparently need to fucking hell, Oscar. If you, if you need a silver lining, you haven't qualified for the Champions League in fucking ages. <laughs> it's true. It's true. As a fan wow. of the London team heading in the other direction, that is a 
terrifyingly large number, but it's got to feel great, Adam, being back in the Champions League, right? Like, did you miss that? Or is that like, that's got to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is nice. I mean, like, obviously, it's the kind of thing that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, then again, I look back at kind of the latter seasons of Arsenal in the Champions League, and we were getting absolutely spanked by Barcelona and Bayern Munich pretty regularly. So that won't happen anymore. Yeah. No, I hope we're certainly not Barcelona. Um, yeah. Everything is moving in a positive direction. That It doesn't mean that we're going to win a title this season. It doesn't even mean we're going to win or maybe even compete for a title next season. But things are certainly uh, yeah, moving, moving, moving positively, I would say. Nice. All right. Well, there. We got to a semi-positive note on Arsenal at the end <laughs> uh, by brute force, if nothing else. Um, City, unstoppable. <laughs> are we ever going to see anyone win the league ever again, Ian? Nope. Just City, innit? Yeah. What they'll do is they'll win it every season and then five years later it'll get struck off by a, a ruling. And So, Arsenal, you're, you're probably going to be all right this season. Give me that asterisk title. <laughs> I, will take it. I will take all the caveats. Asterisk title? Yeah. Huh? yeah, I see what you did there. All right, all right. Good to have you back. <laughs> are, yeah, it is, yes. Uh, are City better or worse than last year? Go, Ian. Oh God! What happened last year? Um, they won, I think. Probably. Oh no! Obviously, better. They've got Holland. I mean, and anyone who thought, and I, I do think that this podcast was happy to say that while other media outlets were saying, "Oh, is Holland making Man City better?" I genuinely think we were going, "No, don't be fucking stupid." Of course, he's <laughs> making Man City better. Yeah, they might, you know, fluff the odd thing because they'll try and be too clever when they can just you know, hit it to the huge man who's great at scoring goals. But, you know, obviously they're better with Haaland and that has shown to be true. He scored 80 bajillion goals and that will only get better because he's only 14 years old. So it's it's all, yeah, they're, they're better than they were last year. They will continue to get better because they will be able to attract whoever they want player-wise. Um, Grealish is brilliant as should have been expected because it takes a year to understand what the fuck Pep's going on about and also then he you... was brilliant last year I fucking hated that narrative he was, it was fantastic ridiculous. it was ridiculous but it was just a case of he wasn't necessarily well exactly Oscar in that you, you would see what he's doing behind just goals and assists that's exactly it you know he was doing other things his is if you'll allow me his carriage of ball into the final third was absolutely ridiculous Like, like last season. Yes, it didn't always result in an assist or a goal per se, but he was absolutely brilliant at just being doing exactly what Grealish does, being direct and running at players. And that was maybe not something that Man City players had always done before. Grealish offered something different. Haaland offers something different. Peppers managed to evolve this Man City team into something different, unbelievably. And they're better. Yeah, I think they're better than last last season. And it's a constant worry for a neutral like me who's getting a little bit fucking bored, if I'll be honest. Oh, City versus whoever fill in the blank is the other team pushing them this season. It, it's Yeah, it is a little bit boring. And I know that you, because you, you think differently, Oscar, because uh, you just love seeing them play. And I, I do to a degree, but I just, I just want some competition. I just want someone to give them some competition. And so... Well, I'll, I'll uh, say so this to that to cut you off completely because whatever, I'm, I'm back, baby, and I'm American, so we cut people off. Um, it's less than two years ago that we beat them in the FA Cup and the Champions League and for half a season we're better than them. Like, it's possible 
to run them. And Arsenal have shown half a season here, half a season there, where they're elite. It's just the the like consistency over the course of a whole season and the ability to stay healthy. Because yeah. honestly, like City have freakish luck with health compared to the other big teams. Also, like no one talks about that. They have the depth, but they also like do not have to fade massive injuries for half a season at a time the way that Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea have had to do in the last few years. And I think that's something that like doesn't get talked about enough for me, hmm. at least, is the the sort of sheer dumb luck that they've had when it comes to um, healthy players. I don't know. Adam, what about you? Do you think City are, are better than last year? or? Uh, yeah, I think mainly because, uh, like you guys have both said, they've got a different way of playing now. Like It kind of seems rudimentary from a tactical and kind of observational perspective, but if they need to, they can just boot it long to Haaland, and that's how they scored the first goal against Arsenal, and it's yeah. kind of simple, but it does work. It gives them a completely different way of playing a variation that I can't think any Guardiola team has deployed as successfully as this like kind of I suppose the big example would have been when uh Ibrahimovic signed for Barcelona and they just never met they were never able to make that work they he's able to he's been able to make having a tall kind of physical striker work probably I know he had Lewandowski, but he's a bit of a different kind of player, mainly for the first time in his career. And I think that, yeah, it's just given them a completely different dimension. It means that even if you are able to press them and like pin them back in kind of their own third, they still have that exit route. And there's almost no weakness on the face of it. And it's, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, they're they're certainly a more vertical team than Mm. I think we've ever seen. But both in the like, positional play sense of the word in that like they're literally just playing long balls over the top and then like really vertical attacks really like straight towards the goal type of attacks but also they're just really fucking tall like I was thinking about that because Kevin De Bruyne was sort of playing as a second striker in this game which is a tactical thing that was kind of interesting to see I don't know that we've seen that that many times this season if at all um and he's a big fucking guy which everyone sort of like ignores because because he's so silky smooth um but he didn't look that big next to Holland and next to their center backs and next to like, it's, it's a big fucking city team, man. They're never, they've never been this tall before. They're, you know, we always think of like your Silva's and your mm. Aguero, who is, you know, like strong, but short for a striker. Um, and this is like a team of almost 11 Yaya Toure's and it's, it's frankly, it's terrifying um, in that regard. God, so many birthday cakes. But I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I will play the, uh, not even really disingenuous devil's advocate here. And I do think, I don't think that they're better. I don't. I think they're okay. different. Um, well, what I think, constitutes better? I think that last season City would beat this season City. How about that? Okay, just in a game of the old football. In an in a old <laughs> spreadsheet football game. Uh, I got okay. my money on last season City. I think that they were a, a team that was a striker by committee of sorts, you know. Yeah. Oh, Their top scorer so. was De Bruyne last season with 15 goals. Um and that's not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no. analysis. Um and obviously now it's all getting funneled toward Holland and they're discovering a sort of new and different way to play like we've talked about, but I don't necessarily think that it's better just because they have a super duper duper star striker. Um, that catches the eye because that's a very old school, like, oh, look how many goals. This guy's there. Yeah, they yeah. must be great. And that's like so an old school kind of goal. Let me cut, let me cut you off, it. though. Is that is that then 
defensively because that's where Man City have not done well this season. Like no. Even in this later portion of the season where they've been win, 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 they've let in single goal, single goal, single goal, like lots of times. So is it just defensively that you feel like last last season City would be able to shut them out or or, or is it bigger than that? No, it's actually the opposite. I think defensively they're about the same. Last season they had... Okay. Uh, what, 25 expected goals allowed, 24.6. This season they're on 25.2 with six games to play. So they're worse defensively this season a little bit, mm. uh, but not a lot bit. The big difference is in the expected goals. Right. What have they actually let in this season? Uh, oh, I don't know. I never look at that number. Uh, he never looks at what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> They've let in 30 goals this season. Last season they let in a total of... Uh, 26. So they've conceded a few more goals, but the XG hasn't been that different. So I, in terms of measuring like the quality of their defense, I would look more at the XG. I see. Um, so it's Edison's fault. Yeah. No, it's their <laughs> attack. Like they're generating a lot less XG. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Like significantly less dangerous attacking situations. It's just that they convert them so at such a high rate because Holland. Um, that they almost like are willingly generating less XG. So there is a certain of like game state effect and like tactical decision making there. But I, I think like whatever the reasons behind that are at the end of the day, they are a less just oppressively attacking team. They were last year hmm. and in the years, like just they had everybody always making cutbacks across the box chance after fucking chance after fucking chance. Like they were a, an offensive juggernaut. It just was so spread out that it kind of felt, I don't know. Um, wandering at and, times and also i think the fact that they were pushed so close by liverpool uh, in mm. a couple of seasons kind of made them feel less imperious whereas like now because arsenal mm. were the team that's been closest to them and arsenal haven't had the the recent history of being kind of challenging for titles it feels a little bit more like i suppose as a third party i can imagine it feels a little bit more kind of flaky and or maybe even fluky, however you want to term it. Whereas they always had Liverpool right on their shoulder and it felt like they were really kind of duking it out and it could go and did go to the final day. Um, I think that kind of helped make them feel yeah. a little bit less kind of uh, like all conquering. Yeah. Unexpected goal difference per 90. This city, city, this season city is worse than last season's Liverpool per 90. Oh, wow. Obviously, there's still a few games left to play, so that could go up because they are in like ridiculous form. Mm. But right now, City are at plus 135, 1.35 expected goal difference per 90. Last season, Liverpool finished on plus 1.45, and City were plus 1.68. So I think the underlying numbers indicate that there was a, a greater quality of attack across the board in the league last season. Um, and I think oh, that, that the, yeah, like Adam just said, the, <laughs> yeah, I think the lack of. Um, no offense, Adam, a significant rival to City's attacking <laughs> well, prowess this he, season. He can't, he, Adam, you can't possibly take offense to that. Not that you were. <laughs> no, but well, like, no, one, no one pegged Arsenal as the ones that were going to push City this season. And the, the fact that they did as long as, as long as they have is amazing. You know, they, they, they did, they had an incredible sort of mid-season Arsenal. And 
it, it, no, no one ever thought Arsenal would be the ones, you know. Uh, people were talking about potentially Tottenham breaking through. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not, not to give you a way into a segue, but like, yeah, I mean, how, how ridiculous uh, uh, has that turned out? And it, it's, it's just because it, it's Arsenal and that's, that, that's the weird thing. But... Could it be that Arsenal are now the main uh, are now the main rival? Because obviously Arsenal have got this team of incredible youngsters. This will be, I hope, just for the c- competitiveness of the league. I hope it will be good experience for Arsenal because I think this team could have the potential to to really challenge in the future. They've challenged this year, despite what Oscar says. That <laughs> they have challenged this this season. Um, you know, it's it's game week thirty four, and and Man City have only just gone above you. Uh, so, you know, there is there is definite potential here. Liverpool could, without a doubt, come back if they identify what they need to do, as everyone else has identified what they need to do. So, you know, there there it feels like there is chance for other teams to. Um, to you know, challenge City again, and and I don't I don't think this will be a one off from Arsenal. It's just we didn't expect it now. Uh, we didn't expect Newcastle to be as as good as they are. So, yes, perfect. So that soon. is where I was going to take the transition. <laughs> so thank you for the nudge in that general direction because I think that you talk about City having a rival next season and going forward, and you know you said like who, people didn't expect Newcastle to be there yet. Um, they're actually level with Arsenal on expected goal difference per 90 so far this season. They're both plus 0.83, tied for second. Um, Doesn't surprise me. Already. And Newcastle, you know, obviously, as far as not technically owned by a country, Petrol State teams go, have the financial sort of clout to push a city um, on an infrastructure level, not just on transfers, um, to a way that probably most other teams, with the exception of maybe Man United... Maybe if Todd Bowley keeps being an empty wallet um, in the general direction of London. Infrastructure is a very good point, actually, because I think they are starting at Newcastle from a point that feels like it's ahead of where City were when they were taken Mm. over by quite a way uh, with fan base and uh, stadium, uh, well, everything, really. It, feel, it feels like they've, they had a head start. on. It took Man City a while because of where they were when they were taken over. Um, so, yeah, that's that's not something I thought about. Just when you said infrastructure, I, was, I just suddenly sort of tried to compare where Man City were when they, they, they were taken over in my head. And, and as we've discussed before, when R- Robinho was getting talked about for 30 million. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And Newcastle, I think they're 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 working with a uh, well. The fan base is such a big deal, isn't it? I mean, it's it's that that fan base is obsessive and will pack out St James's Park, which is a big stadium, every fucking week, no problem. Yeah, and and also spend all of their money on all of the merch all of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting point. That yeah. Adam, I've I've long had a theory that northern clubs have an inherent advantage um, structurally in competitiveness because of the like availability of real estate and cheaper sort of construction. Do you think that also? Just completely apropos of like nothing. Um, hmm. That fears I am afraid of Newcastle because they're a northern club with lots of money more than if, for example, like Spurs had gotten bought by a by the Saudis. 
see, I think there's an interesting point. I would worry more if it was a London club that were okay. bought because I feel like London is always a pool to players. Like you've seen, um, mm. like for example, Skamaka going to West Ham. It's like West Ham aren't, they don't have the biggest kind of pulling power of the London. Well, I guess they've probably got more of pulling power than Brentford and Fulham, but you compare them to kind of uh, Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham and it's significantly less. And they were still able to sign a player who was being linked with like PSG and Juventus. Um, Westfield is right there though. Isn't it? Well, that is true. And they've got a Nando's. And it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely. very nice chicken. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I always feel like London is going to be a pool for players and sometimes there can be the stereotype of not wanting to go up north because it's cold and miserable and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, where they do have the advantage is the fact that they're like basically in Newcastle, supporting Newcastle is the thing that you do. It's mm. like there's so little competition, not just from other football clubs, but from other sports. Like Newcastle, I've got a rugby club, but they're not kind of a massive rugby city. Whereas I've never known a city where the identity is so wrapped up in yeah. supporting the football club. Uh, yeah, exactly. you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's everything there. So if a player wanted to go somewhere to be kind of an idol, sort of a little bit like what you're seeing with uh, Bruno Guimaraes, it's like they love him up there, and he could he could have come to Arsenal, and he had an offer from Arsenal, and he chose to go to Newcastle, partly because he was being offered a lot more money but also because he had the opportunity to kind of make that club his own essentially mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he had a, he had the opportunity to like run that team and become not just the focal point of the team but of the city in a way so yeah there there is a kind of positive and a negative to it i mean it's all it's all going to be aided significantly like you say by the uh the completely not at all state associated owners that they have who have <laughs> completely not at all illegitimately suddenly got them a massive uh shirt sponsorship deal uh, i don't know if you saw that a couple of days yeah, ago 25 triple, million a day right yeah triple triple the size of their previous yeah. shirt sponsorship deal that's probably Just, uh, fine yeah um don't, don't look, into, look it. into it too much <laughs> yeah, and, and to run off newcastle's results in the last week or so because they have had quite a story a part to play in the other end of the table's storyline it was newcastle 4 everton 1 newcastle 2.4 to 0.9 and then followed up by newcastle 3 southampton 1 newcastle 4.3 to 0.8 sort of relegating everton and southampton in one fell swoop southampton are 98 percent now rap southampton and Everton are sixty-seven percent, which oof, that's I don't know. That do we think that those two are going down for sure? I don't think it's for sure for Everton because I just cannot I don't have it within myself to relegate a Sean Dyche team before anyone else does. <laughs> um but like it, it doesn't look good, does it? Because we, we all thought that it'd come in and, and solidify them and while there was a, a minor dead cat bounce, um, it, it didn't seem to come to anything. Um, but there is honestly a bit of a no team seem to want to get out of this. So I don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know what to say. Leeds look absolutely fucking terrible, oh, and I have t- I've done a full one eighty on Leeds because I think if you'd have listened to podcasts from the end of last season, I was like, I want Leeds to stay in the league. I really do. And even when they got rid of Bielsa and got uh, Jesse Marsh, I was like, do you know what? We need to give Marsh a chance. I I, I like some of his ideas. Blah blah blah. Leeds haven't got any ideas 
and it's it seems to be that it's leads are the, that are the problem because defensively they have not improved since the Bielsa days. They've got worse, and that's ridiculous thing yeah. to say <laughs> yeah. because yeah. they were running like motherfuckers, <laughs> like, you know, and and yet they're just they're, they're still letting in goals like it's going out of fashion, and it's they look they look like they're desperate to get relegated. Um, apparently, Lee, and the, by the time this podcast comes out, it might be a thing. But apparently, the the Leeds board are looking at sacking the manager, <laughs> and you're just like, you haven't got a plan. What the fuck are you thinking? I mean, I uh, yeah, Nottingham Forest. Then th- this this uh, this week were uh, winning against Brentford, and then and then let it let it slip away, and so it's just. I don't know how to call it out. Like you say, Oscar, Southampton are down 100%. So it's just then, I'll say three out of four, because I think uh, we're, we are, as we are recording Monday night, I think Leicester are winning, aren't they? Against, um, oh, I it's 2-2. I think two, it's two. just gone 2 all. yeah. Oh, okay. Who two are they all. playing? Everton, so Everton. it's very important. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, that is big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that could really shake it up. Yeah. Um, so okay. Well, it's a, as we record, it's a draw. But um, today, listeners, that's today. That game's happening. <laughs> yeah. Did you this hear when I said as we record? <laughs> yeah. That that sort of covered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, oh, motherfucker, you throw me off. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, no, no one seems to want to stay up, do they? But I don't want any of them to stay up. Can we relegate all of them? I, I want think to relegate all of them. Uh, yeah, but they're not trying hard enough, Oscar. I don't for know. Me. They beat Brighton. Brighton's a good team, and they beat Brighton three one. That wasn't that long ago. That was the same day that City played Arsenal, and we won't talk about Chelsea playing that day. Okay, but it's... <laughs> we'll skip over that. <laughs> yeah, we are going to get to Chelsea. <laughs> do we have to? Yeah, <laughs> we do. We do a little bit, mate. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, uh, Adam, do you think N four are going to stay up? Are they the only ones really swinging at anybody right now, or do you see one of the other three sort of in that same race? Uh, they're the only ones I want to stay up. I don't know if that makes any actual difference to their ability to do so, but like, <laughs> I feel like sort of like what Ian said when Sean Dyche came in to Everton, I and a lot of other people immediately were kind of like, "Oh, okay, that's it. They're safe. That's fine. No need yeah. to worry." And no matter how many losses they racked up, I kind of still in my head was like, "Oh, but Dyche will sort it out. It's fine." And Just it's like, so northern, be reet, be reet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like there are four games left and. They're in the That's bottom it. three, and it's yeah. now like, well, okay, no, maybe they're not right. So, you guys were rightly, I think, writing off Southampton. I, I don't even know if Everton are really in that group of. I, I don't know. It's so tough. They the things. Everton's last uh, four fixtures. Now we've got um, Brighton. I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> the six nil against Wolves this week. I mean, goodness, the second team basically. That's so it, good. <laughs> so yeah. good, and I don't, I don't expect anything other than a Brighton shellac in there, and then Man City. So that'd be that'd be right. Um, then then Wolves, fair enough. Uh, but then Bournemouth, who have been fucking great so far, and I yeah. feel so bad about having to go at Gary O'Neill late early on <laughs> in the season because, my word, I mean he's comfortably kept Bournemouth up comfortably, and who the fuck would have said that with their budget? at the start of this season and they were doing shit, which is why he was brought in. So, <laughs> so he had to save them. It wasn't like, you, you know, they were mid-table. Scott Parker, when he, I can't remember where he was sacked or he mutual consent or whatever it was, he basically said the quality of the players wasn't good enough for the league. 
<laughs> yeah. And they're, they're level on points with Chelsea. It's, I mean, <laughs> okay, Adam, maybe that's I was trying to be nice to you, all right? Take it easy. Adam, Adam say it again. <laughs> level, level on points with, uh, with Chelsea. All right, so should we get to it then? I haven't been on in a while, so I'll take my medicine. Chelsea 0, Brentford 2, Chelsea 1.3 to Brentford 1.1. That's following getting knocked out of the Champions League and five or six losses in a row under Frank Lampard uh, since he took over. Um, I tried to do my best to anticipate your questions and or confusions about my take on Lampard uh, in my extended voice this message. Is Oscar's, this is Oscar's Rafa Benitez moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, have at it. Come on. Come at me. What do you want? Make no, me talk I, about Chelsea. <laughs> no, I, I think um, I, just, I, I felt bad for you that because we were going in on you every week <laughs> just a bit yeah. yeah we were and i know we were rightly but, so for the record i would no, like... no but i think i think you you rightly defended the separation of the decisions that there's it's one thing getting rid of potter it's another thing appointing lampard um uh, both were terrible uh, <laughs> <laughs> look i were... just think that there's so much to make fun of chelsea for right now like we're a fucking dumpster fire of a place and the fact that everyone is latching on to who we chose as our interim manager as the thing to like make fun of plays right into Todd Bowley's hands. Like you guys are just helping him. You should I be talking about our transfer I... policy. You should be talking about like fucking yeah, everything, yeah, man. But yeah. like who we chose as our interim manager, really? That's what you guys care about? Like, but come I on. think that's 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 completely fair. But I think for me, Lampard's appointment, and I I won't go into it. I don't want us to go into it too long because I know I know we've done it so often, but like. It was symbolic and kind of a perfect encapsulation of everything that Bolly has done wrong at Chelsea so far. Mm, okay. The kind of glamorous big name to try and mm. galvanize the fans with no real kind of logical thought out plan of how this would work with regards to the kind of squad as a whole or long term. It's kind of a, oh, that's a name I've heard of. Let's get him in. The fans will like it, and hopefully, then everything will be all right. It it was just kind of evident of a lack of a lack of research or a lack of like due process in consideration to how it would uh, how it would actually work out on the pitch. I think. Mm, yeah, I think to me, it's indicative of a lack of infrastructure at the executive yeah, level. No, that's fair so as well. Far. Yeah, like it, it. Once we have a guy whose job it is to know the football of it all. Um, I think that Todd Bowley's money will go a lot further. Um, he's proven in American sports that he knows how to throw money in a, an intelligent way, not just throw money. Mm. Um, so I'm still like long term sort of hopeful on Chelsea. But obviously right now, like, you know, we've lost like five or six. I don't even know how many. Literally, Adam was like, oh, should we even talk about Chelsea Arsenal? Thank God that's not before we record. And I didn't know we were about to play Arsenal. Like, I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, are Chelsea playing this morning? I'll look on my phone. And then I'm like, oh, okay, we do play today. Okay, cool. So like, okay, I'm not uh, checked into the games. Yeah, and I, I think you're. I think you are representative of a lot of Chelsea fans at the minute who just because this season's been a complete bust for you. So, like, you know, what are you supposed to do? I, I get it. You know, I, I've been there, been there myself in mid-table mediocrity, and you go. Why? Why am I even bothering? I'll do some else. You know, I, there's I totally, so many I, things I can do with my life, like watching the Knicks lose in the 100%. second round of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I do get it. But like, what genuinely are your hopes for next season? Managerially, oh uh, transfer policy, director of football, okay. anything. What um, What are your hopes for next season? Because I postulated in a previous episode that. 
if you're not careful, no matter what money you've got, Chelsea could do the spiral. You know, they they yeah. they could. And I don't think it's likely, but it could happen. No, I'm not saying it's impossible by any means, but I think that but like But what are your hopes? What what are your realistic hopes for next season? Because obviously well, it's got realistic be, Ian. <laughs> well <laughs> I I'm talking across <laughs> across numerous things. So league wise, I guess you've got to be got to be aiming for Champions League football. Yeah, obviously absolutely. Of course. So if you look at the table now, that seems mad <laughs> because yes. there seems lots of teams that are way more equipped. But when you look at your staff, your playing staff, you, obviously you should be able to do it. So I, 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 where do you want to be uh, um, August this year? Where okay. do you want to be? I think that I'm going to stick to my religion of numbers. And I think Mm -hmm. that 99% of the time, you have to go off the XG as the most accurate predictor of next season's performance. And if we do that, then Chelsea are not looking very good. Um, I shudder to click onto the other tab and see where they are and expected goal difference per 90. It looks about ninth, 10th, right around Tottenham's level. Um, Not great. Right when we're as bad as Tottenham, then it's bad. Right around Tottenham's level. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fucking garbage. Um, but I think that in some situations, and of course I would be inclined to say that we're the exception because I'm a Chelsea fan, but I do think there are some situations where you look at the external factors as something that would potentially change the underlying numbers so that they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be regressing to a higher mean or the mean will be in a higher place or however you want to phrase that. Um, and I think that the second most important predictor of a league table position, and certainly before XG was ubiquitous, the the thing that everyone used was wage. Wages, yeah. Yeah, not transfers, but wages. Mm-hmm. And I think that our wage bill is really high, and I think our wage bill is fairly indicative of a high level of raw potential and talent. Um, and I think that the lack of any sort of European or extra games next season is mm. something that probably will play into our hands as something that could sort of shift the numbers up, the underlying numbers up. Um, along with a whole season to sort of get those players working in combinations that make sense. Okay. Um, if we so, can get the big if, the right sort of director of football and the right yeah. manager yeah. this summer. Yeah. Um, as far as my hopes for a manager situation, because I do think that's going to be what the success of next season hinges. And I do think for the record that if we do nail that this summer, we could be in a title race next season. And I don't think that's that ridiculous to say, even though everyone else is rolling their eyes at me right now. Um, because again, <laughs> look at Arsenal, like look at the lack of Europe and how much that helps your schedule, right? Like the yeah. Arsenal didn't finish in the top four for six seasons in a row. And now they're in a title race. It jumps a lot. It can jump a lot from one season to the next. And so what I'm hoping for from a coach-wise is I'm fucking sick of fucking projects and system <laughs> managers and guys who we say are going to come in for the next 20 years. The fucking Graham Potter decision. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to love Potter. He's really – and I was like, I don't know, man. I'm always skeptical of a guy with a project because that's not who we are. That's not how yeah, we've the, ever well, been this was a, This was what the – I felt the problem was the owner said that. that it, all you heard mm-hmm. from Chelsea was the mm-hmm. project, the project, the project. That right. was the thing. If it had been normal Chelsea stuff, then the sacking of Potter would have made sense. You know, if it had yeah. been... It, it, the, the, the issue with the sacking of Potter was because all we heard from Chelsea was that it's different now. Yeah, and it's we do this every now. five years where, like, AVB was the guy. He was the young guy, and then we fired... <laughs> and then we ended up winning the Champions League with our, our like, random-ass interim... <laughs> That season. And like, we love bringing in a young manager who's got ideas and that never fucking works out. And when we are at our best, I think is in the same way that Real Madrid have been at their best. 
which is to say that they bring in a manager yeah. who coaches for whatever players happen to be in front of him, trying to get the most out of them in whatever tactical system that might make the most sense for. So like an Ancelotti, like a Zidane, like a Conte, frankly, I'd take him back, even though it was such a disaster at Spurs. I love that man. Um <laughs> And I so think that we need a win now type of manager and we need to just fire them every two years and bring in the next win now type of manager, not <laughs> trying to go for these systems and these like projects that are never going to work out anyway. Like it, we've never made it more than 18 months with a manager. That's not going to start happening all of a sudden because we need to win now. So you're saying not Pochettino then who appears to be the favorite at I, the moment. I, this is again, I always sound insane when I say things out loud, but I don't fucking care. Um, I don't want Pochettino and I don't want Nagelsmann. And I know that they're the two best managers on the market right now. And I, and I recognize that everyone else would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't think that they would fit. I don't think that that's the right strategy. I think that if, you know, 20 years ago, the Premier League invited Americans and the international market into its league. Allardyce, yeah. Allardyce, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, what's, I was going to um, say it until you were going to acknowledge it. <laughs> I was going to ignore you, but fine, I'll acknowledge it. Um, He's not a system manager, you can fucking say that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. What's uh, what's Redknapp up to these days? Exactly. Just fucking run around a bit. Um, look, do you, do you remember in Batman v Superman when Wonder Woman shows up? I know, I know. You missed me, didn't you? Unfortunately, I know you missed yes. me. So yeah. much. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman shows up at the battle and Superman's like, is she with you? And Batman's like, I don't know who that is, even though he's the one that fucking invited her. Do you remember this? Is who are you arguing for? Ryan Mason? What's no. <laughs> Y'all invited the Americans into your league system. Oh, I see. I and see. then you're yeah. like, why are you here? And it's like, bro, you invited us. Like, I, I, we're I, here to change how the Premier League runs. Um, and I think that yeah. like, the idea of I, a manager who has control over transfers is outdated. And oh, 100%. Good, good Lord. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Yeah, uh, that's that's for the birds now, a manager that is, is in charge. Is it of... though? Because that's what Potter was. And that's what like, like I every once in a while we're going to Potter was though, was he I don't really? think anyone is anymore. I just, I don't think anyone realistically thought Potter was sort of half director of football, half half manager. It all, all the only problem was it was what we were hearing from the club, which was that it's different now and we're gonna stick with the manager. Yeah, I, I agree like with you. That's sort of ridiculous. You know, these days it is mad. I mean, as we said on the pod the other week, Deserve is something like the eleventh longest serving Premier League manager <laughs> currently in, in in the post. And that's just insane because he was appointed this season. Um <laughs> so it's it's mad. You know, you don't I don't think you need to worry about managers anymore as much as you need to worry about long-term recruitment and 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 maybe system, but from a director of football point of view. So if you're looking at youth, the youth are playing in the same system that the senior team are going to be mm-hmm. playing in. You know, things like that. That's what matters more yeah. than more more than anything else. But it was just that, and I I also think. Well, yeah, you might be right. There's probably a lot of uh, old old school football fans who are like, "Oh, American owner, blah blah blah." But look at every fucking owner in the Premier League. They're all how many of them are British? And if you want British owners, you've got West Ham. Well, they're doing great, aren't they? <laughs> Amazing, you know. It, uh, what do you want? You know, you you. I tell you what, you want you want money, and you want it to be spent on players that you like seen play football you don't yeah but then that's what Chelsea are doing and and exactly no, no, that's what I'm for it, right? but, like, but yeah yeah but what I'm saying is you know it all you that's all fans care about like 
ultimately is is success. They don't care who's actually in charge of their club. Yeah. The Todd Bowliness of it is just because he's been incredibly vocal or it feels like And hilariously like he incompetent so far. Yeah. Like I think admittedly that's the thing. so. Yeah. yeah. He's floundering. I think that the my bigger point that I'm trying to make is that the league is in a period of transition and I think that until the norms reach their stable equilibrium on the other side of that transition you're just going to run into situations where things look really weird and and just like decisions are misaligned in ways that are structurally detrimental to the operation of a whole club and Chelsea happen to be in one of those situations right now but I think that like big picture wise I'm not overly concerned until we get uh, we got to get rid of Mudrick because he sucks <laughs> like you know what I mean I don't know do you get what I'm trying to say like yeah I think okay. it's gonna be fine I think we have a big wage bill and a lot of talented players and eventually like that'll settle and also it look just to put a bow on it what I why I kind of would understand how you're feeling and not being too concerned is I don't think Todd Bowley has gotten to the position he is in and has had the uh kind of at least from what I understand like he's had a decent record in other sporting franchises I don't think you get that way and you like suddenly come into Chelsea blow a load of money and then like 12 months later go actually this isn't for me and yeah like, good run point. away yeah I right. don't think he's gonna do that I don't yeah, think that's, that's realistic that's, that's a fair point because yeah when if your club does get taken over by the super rich, that is the worry, isn't it? That they're going to saddle you with all the debt that they they you know they would have assumed otherwise. And yeah, you're absolutely right. He's he knows what he's getting into when yeah. it comes to that. So yeah, I think you're they're trying to right change there. norms, and I think that that's a weird transition. Yeah, and and eventually they'll get to something. Probably, hopefully, I don't know. Um, Speaking of win-now managers that are geniuses at making the best of the talent in front of them, we had Crystal Palace 4, West Ham 3, Crystal Palace 2.1 to West Ham's 1.7. You cowards have been far too afraid of Chuck <laughs> and have not forced him to talk about Palace being good since Hodgson took over. Um, so I have you, some numbers If you say anything you. like that, you just get minutes of silence. It's not good podcasting. <laughs> you have to keep poking. You have to keep poking. For example, before he took over, they were at 0.79 goals per game. They are now at 2.17 goals per game. <laughs> That's, That's sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Um, 18th unexpected points before, 6th unexpected points since he took over. Yeah, no, he's he's been good. He's been good. He's been good. I love how Chuck all season crying about how they can't score goals, they can't make attack, they can't do this, they can't do that. Then he's like, "Nah, fuck it." They hired Hodgson. I'm out. I'm just not paying attention. And as soon as he comes in, he immediately turns around. And yes, Chuck, I can hear you screaming schedule effects and lack of opponents at your uh, podcast app of choice right now. But it's still fucking <laughs> hilarious that all you wanted was goals and attack and all you're getting now is goals and attack, but you can't even enjoy it because it's Hodgson at the wheel. Um, they're more than twice as good, both in defense and in attack. More than twice as good. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the numbers. I won't even read the rest. I, I got a bunch of numbers, but you just take my word for it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's delighted. He did actually um, last week in whatever double game week he was. He did bet on a Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Crystal Palace uh, double and one. Uh, so I thought, oh, he's betting on Palace now. That's definitely a turnaround. Mm, that's Because there was emotional hedge betting going on in the past where he's betting against Palace. <laughs> Do we think that he's happy or angry that they're above Chelsea, but it's only under Hodgson? I don't think he's allowing himself to enjoy it. Like, oh, he's definitely say. not allowing himself to enjoy it. And stay strong, Chuck. Nobody can force you to feel happiness if you don't want to. 
I said, good. I think we're, just, yeah, I think happy, anger, they're all at the surface. They're ready to break out at any point. <laughs> Palace look good, though. Like, jokes aside, Palace look really fucking good. They're scoring. They're creating attacks. They're, that was, like, not a fluke win. Fucking fun to watch. Yeah. It does, it yeah. does feel like um, more of the Palace of, uh, you know, last season where we were proper excited about them. Um, I do think, as much as you won't want to hear us, there is a slight fixture effect going on oh yeah big, um, big one. but big, obviously big. it's a it's a big swing though so it's it's hard to just attribute it to that um but yeah fuck me i mean like it, it's it's got me excited about palace again but i'm i i, I sort of <laughs> i'm like chuck Ch- chuck is fearful that then hodgson will get you know the permanent job i have argued vehemently that that is not going to happen but, but if they he keep just, this up... He just, but Hodgson just hates his missus. So I just don't know what. Don't He's going to die in the chair, Ian. He's going to die in the chair. He almost definitely is, isn't he? And it's just such a worry for Chuck, and I understand it. Yeah. But, oh, my God. I, 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 I did argue that it's definitely not going to happen, so I'm going to try and stick with that. Um but that that was a that was a fun old game. Any four threes are a fun old game, aren't they, uh, Liverpool fans? Yeah, Tottenham yeah, fans. yeah. Speaking of four three, shall we transition there? All right, Liverpool four, Spurs three. Liverpool two point two to Spurs two point zero. So pretty close actually on XG there. Uh, I'm sure the moral victory will feel good for Spurs fans. Take that one. Um, quite to the bank. <laughs> Adam giggling. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. To get an Arsenal fan and a Chelsea fan together, the only thing we agree on is how much we hate Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I hadn't thought about that. Actually, uh, okay, right. You you carry on. I'll just try and get a Liverpool narrative <laughs> together. Go Adam, on. how much are you enjoying Tottenham's garbage season? It's really, really fun, isn't it? It's, it's just, really fun. It's just like every time you think it can... like. It can't get worse, and then they go so quickly down at Anfield, and you're like, "Oh, is it another? Is it going to be another kind of six-one or uh, like we saw against Newcastle?" And then they get their way back into it, and their hopes get raised, and Richarlison <laughs> scores a goal to equalise at the end, and you think, "Oh well, this has been a fun game." A Keep draw, your fucking yeah. shirt on, Richarlison. <laughs> Keep it on. Exactly. It never goes well. Keep it on. Well, Jordan Ayew took his shirt off in like the fifth minute of the Palace game and they still won that one. So He's not Richarlison, Oscar. <laughs> you don't know the rules. You haven't Fair studied enough. the rules. Richarlison, Richarlison should never get overexcited and do a chicken dance and take his shirt. It was absolutely ridiculous. And the second he did that, I was like... Oh dear, Liverpool are going to score. <laughs> and well, I had and a bet on Jota scoring, so I was very happy. But and anyway, they did so regardless. in the most hilarious manner possible. It's yes. like Lucas Moura just giving just the ball into to him. Jota yeah. in the box. Like yeah. a great pass, to be fair. Good assist. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It was, someone was playing FIFA and accidentally pressed X there. <laughs> <laughs> Pop the old through ball through. Yeah. We call that the old Steven Gerrard around these parts. Yeah. <laughs> So neither team can defend for fucking Toffee is the only thing I can... Why would they bother, Ian? Again, dead <laughs> well... season, who fucking cares? It's all vibes. It's all vibes. And these are bad vibes for Spurs, but <laughs> why defend? Why? Who, like, who cares? Neither of them is going to end I up in the know, top to, four. To convince Harry Kane to stay? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, just, man, how much should they have uh, sold him for all that money? <laughs> yeah, but they're still going to be able to because Man United will still overpay for him. Do you think I so? Mean, you really think they're still going to get a hundred million for Harry okay, Kane? Okay, maybe not a hundred million, but they're still going to get overvalued because the, because it's Man United. I still think they'll get good money. Yeah, you're right. Not a hundred million, but you know that's fucking Charlie Kane's fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so Adam, fill me in on what happened in this one just really quickly because I was too busy watching <laughs> the Knicks at this time, so I didn't actually get to see this game. It seemed pretty fun. Oh, you should um, watch it back, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, worth, worth watching on, on tape delay. Especially knowing what happens at the end, it makes it even better. Um, Maybe we just watch like the last 20 minutes. Well, Liverpool started off like a house on fire and genuinely, and I don't know if you thought the same thing here, but I did actually think this could be a repeat of the Newcastle game because oh, God, yeah. Liverpool were just cutting through Tottenham with such ease. Uh, they were playing a back five again, notably, but their defend, their like kind of central three defenders were strewn all over the pitch at times. And oh. then... Clustered. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off here, but like I, I genuinely have never had any confidence in Eric Dyer as a central defender. I don't know why he he's played there, and uh, as if that's okay for a team that's challenging for top four. I, I just nowhere near the quality you need for a central defender. But anyway, sorry, I cut you off. God, no, <laughs> and that, and that's fair because the centre backs were a big part of the problem because they were. When you think of a back five, you think the centre backs are going to be nice and compact, and they were simultaneously mm. like completely spread apart. But then at times they were too clustered around the ball. It was remarkable <laughs> how they managed to achieve both in the same game. It was quite oh, that impressive. Great. It was impressive levels of incompetence. Um, and yeah, Liverpool uh, they went up early, and it looked uh, for all the world like they were cruised to an easy victory. And then they kind of started taking their eye off the ball a little bit they got a it felt like they got a little bit cocky in a mm. way and the Spurs hit Liverpool in the way that basically anyone knows how to hit Liverpool it was a long kind of switch diagonal in behind the space that Trent Alexander-Arnold left behind and <laughs> inevitably leaves yeah <laughs> inevitably leaves behind and it's just such a easy get out for any of Liverpool's opponents to target it it was so obvious that that was what Spurs could have done and uh, Perisic kind of sat Van Dyke down uh, on his ass, so he didn't get dribbled past because he was sat down so it doesn't count <laughs> that's, Does that not count. doesn't count um, and yeah Kane got his inevitable goal and Tottenham to to be fair to them if, if I have to be they did come back into it and I think like I said a draw a fair result it, but it does just feel like a very Tottenham thing to happen and I don't want to kind of be the Arsenal <laughs> fan to say oh that was incredibly Spursy but I mean even Gary Neville said that was the most I think he said something like that was the most Tottenham thing imaginable or something to those effects. Gary Neville had a couple of gems yeah. uh, on, on this one. Uh, one that I really enjoyed was uh, when Liverpool were I think 3-0 up and you could see Tottenham Tottenham fans were leaving after 20 minutes and he Getting said... Getting in line for their refund? Well, this is it because because the players had said they were going to refund the fans who had travelled to Newcastle. Uh, Gary Neville then said, "Oh, the Tottenham players are going to have to set up a direct debit to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the Tottenham fans who are leaving now." And uh, it did it did feel like that because I mean there there were stories about the the game uh, last week where Newcastle just eviscerated them. I mean, it was absolutely insane about people going to get petrol and uh, takeaway coffee uh, at nil nil and coming back into their cars and thinking it was and seeing it was five nil and thinking they'd fucking hit the twilight zone or something and <laughs> some something something crazy had gone on because it was just uh, Tottenham was just insane at the minute and I mean it, it's mad that hanging on to one player feels so unbelievably important um but it does it, it feels 
massively important because I just yeah. I, I feel like Tottenham without Kane. I they, mean, they do you are, still think they should keep him? Weirdly, I do. Yeah. yeah, and to sort of back that up, like at the moment they are a club in service of a player. Like mm. that feels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what they are. They are there to like service Kane on the pitch and off the pitch, and without him, like ge- like a genuine question: What are Tottenham? What is their mm. identity? Where they haven't got any particularly great youth products coming through. I like at least yeah. I don't see them kind of even even on the bench, or they don't seem to be getting many minutes. They don't have a identifiable style of play anymore because the last sort of three managers have completely ground down any sort of attacking mm. flair that was left over from kind of previous regimes. They don't have a partic- they don't have a director of football anymore because notably he is banned from any football. Not activity. allowed. <laughs> the, the fans don't want the owner; they want him to sell. But it's so weird, man. Last season, they got Kulisevsky, and I was like, this is a fucking exciting attack. You know, I was genuinely sort of excited about how many goals they were going to bang in this season. Fuck me, it's so different now. It's no, so different. No, they're what they've been since we started recording this podcast. No, I'm talking about vibes. I'm talking about <laughs> vibes, Oscar. Fair, 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 I, I was excited about Kulisevsky's son and Kane. I genuinely was as a front three. I thought, fuck me, if these three get going, this is going to be quite summit. Sort out the defence later, whatever. But like, I was I was so excited and that we might have another big player in the game, you know. Mm. Fuck me, it's all gone wrong. And I, it, it's hard to sort of pinpoint exactly what's happened. I know that we've, and, and I've been very critical of Kane in the past, but he's still the best thing about this team and the, the the focus of this team and he has to be and I exactly what Alex says I can't imagine what they'll be like without him and they're going to lose him they're going to lose him so that's, and that's the problem is that they haven't tried to imagine what they would be like without him they've yeah, spent yeah, years and years kicking that can down the road when they should have started rebuilding two summers ago or three summers ago they should have gotten as much money as they could have when they could have gotten the money for him and just gotten – it's going to be a bad process. It's going to suck. Look at what's happening to Liverpool this year in their transition year. And they, we said, made good signings, and we were talking about how great their recruitment had been to t- keep that transition relatively stable. And then look where they ended up, right? And Liverpool, I think, have a better infrastructure. We, you know, we keep talking about infrastructure today. I think they have a better sort of system in place for identifying that talent, and they've put in the effort to start mm. um, preparing for what comes after Salah Mane and – Firmino and I think that Spurs have just been like putting their head in the sand and ignoring that problem for years now. Literally, our first fucking season preview episode in 2018, I was like, shouldn't they sell Sun? Shouldn't they sell Kane and start rebuilding and start looking for the future instead of now? You you might have been a touch early on that. I was a little bit early, admittedly. <laughs> yeah, they did make the Champions League final that one time or something. Um, anyway, shall we bluff her, gentlemen? Fuck yes, me. Yeah, that's right. It's bluffer time, bluffer day, bluffer time. I got a bluffer. It's lists of things to bluff. We gon' bluff, Adam bluff, Adam first time bluffing bluff. Right, just so you know, like that that music track I've got, it, which I did on Garage Band, is about forty five seconds long. Um, if I didn't fade it out, I just don't know how long you'd carry on. Oh, I would go until you faded it out. I would just keep okay, going. Adam well, bluff, bluff. The- <laughs> Still going. Bluffer time, Adam bluff. Are you excited? <laughs> excited for bluff? Adam bluff. First time bluff. Adam, Adam. Adam's here. Adam, Adam. 
God, I missed that. Adam, are you excited to bluff? I believe it's your first time bluffering, isn't it? It's your first bluff. I genuinely, I am very, very excited. Well, I hope that you know that I put a lot of love and thought into this. I wanted to make it as special as possible for your first time. Right. Adam, don't, don't worry, I'll, I'll field this. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Have you heard Adam's quizzes? <laughs> I put a lot of work into these. Did you hear fucking... Adam has done a lovely job and you guys have been unreasonably harsh on his puns. And it's my favourite part of the episode every week. Um, and I'm to the point where I'm a little bit sad that Adam isn't still running the quiz, but that's fine. That's fair enough because it is my job. So, um, yeah. now in the spirit of competition and fairness, Adam can no longer be the me. Um, but I also don't think that it would be very fair to make him the Chuck because these categories are so. Uh, the thing is, if he's the Adam, he might still beat me. Well, yeah, exactly. The There's only a few episodes. Are 16 to 12 with five weeks to go. So you could still win this, Ian. Um, sure. But I did just blatantly bias these categories in the in the direction of Adam. So what we're going to do to make <laughs> it okay, fair is, Ian, you are Chuck this week. And Adam, you are Ian this week. Oh, shit. Chuck, so, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just because just okay. otherwise we're it. just giving another point to Chuck and what fun is there in that. <laughs> no, um, no fun. So, Ian, Ian, in your own – play earnestly. And I can do this because you're a Hufflepuff, so I know you'll actually still try. You're not a <laughs> conniving Slytherin like myself or Chuck. Am um, I a Hufflepuff? Okay. Yeah. Give it a – you are. I mean, sorted. And also, I, I know this. Search inside your heart. <laughs> fine. You know this to be true. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Um, Finley is, so it makes sense. All right. So, our first – category is and i'll let ian open the bidding on this by which i mean adam you'll open the bidding on this because you're ian this week. <laughs> God, this isn't gonna get confusing <laughs> Jesus. i have in front of me this is a small category but a hilarious one if you do control f on all of the players currently in the premier league for the letters a d a m in that order there are eight players who's who feature God. the letters Adam in part of their name somewhere. So, of the eight Adams in the Premier League, Mr. Stimson, how many can you name? Um, this is me. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, First and second name? Any part in the middle of the name, at the end of the name, at the oh. front of the name, just the letters A-D-A-M somewhere in the name. In that order. Is it embarrassing to start with one? <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is, this is what Chuck never does, and this is what I always do. Start fucking low. <laughs> you know, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Um, no, that's absolutely fine, and I will say two. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Um, Can I get three atoms? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, this is so embarrassing. I can only think. I can only think of one Premier League player like at all now, and it's. <laughs> I've got his beautifully oily muscles in my head. Um, yeah, that's one of mine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Immediately the first of. one I figured. I can't name three, so I'm going to have to say Chuck. Oh, go for two. No. <laughs> I genuinely can't think of three. Shambolic, Ian. Shambolic stuff here. Chuck, take it away. <laughs> then can you name three Adams in the Premier League or two? Is, right. Okay. Also, you need to stop calling Adam Ian because <laughs> no, already, already, our American listeners struggle with any British names. I'm fairly sure while you haven't been on the pod, they've thought one person has been doing a fucking sixty-minute monologue <laughs> on all of this shit. You cannot. 
cannot do that to people. <laughs> fine, right. fine. You cannot do that. I understand. You understand what's happening. The the listeners understand what's happening. Do not call Adam <laughs> Ian and me Chuck. That's just not a goer. Right. Fine, fine. Okay. Actual Ian. You have to name two, I guess. Just two. Actual Ian. Okay. Adam Lalana. Yes. Ding. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get the person named <laughs> That's not the only Adam as well. I've actually got three, but anyway. Okay. Oh, look at him showing off. <laughs> Adama Traore. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. You get the category. Do you want to keep naming? Go for eight. Well, the only other one I've no, I can't go for eight. But the only other one I've got, I think Brighton have got an Adam Webster. There is an Adam Webster. That's yeah. right. I didn't write down their teams. Um, okay, fine. Because I didn't want to put that much work in. But Adam, do you want to name any other Adams? <laughs> I, I couldn't even <laughs> name the people named Adam. That is so bad. There are five people named Adam. Adam for sure. Yep, that is one of them. Good. Now he comes um, in. You could have also had Adam Armstrong, Adam Smith, oh, Southampton. Adam Webster, Adama Traore, yeah, Shay Adams, or Tyler Adams. Shay Adams. Oh, Tyler. <laughs> How did I get the only one who wasn't called Adam in some way? <laughs> Of all of the ones, you got the only one. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. All right. Well, this one will favor um, fake Ian a little bit more, by which I mean Adam. Sorry, Ian. Really, Ian, actually. And this is getting more confusing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, there are 12 players who, in the Premier League era, have played for both Arsenal and Chelsea. Oh, I thought you were going to go Arsenal and Tottenham. <laughs> no, 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 no. Arsenal and Chelsea. I feel Adam. like this has been a bluffer before or a... Maybe, okay, but anyway. Adam wasn't on there, so yeah. Now he is um, in the Premier League era. Correct. Yes. <sighs> twelve. There's twelve to pick from. Six. Oh, he's Ooh, gone big in boy. big. Big ball. He's Bluff. gone in big. I like it. Uh, shit, I haven't got that many yet, but I'll go seven because I'll try and think. All right, we got seven. Adam, do eight. you want to go for eight? There it is. We got eight. Uh, yeah, I have to go for eight. I have to redeem myself. Fuck, 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 I've written six. Um, oh, come on, Ian. Um, yeah, but nine is a big jump from six. <laughs> um, no, no, go on, go eight, go eight, go All eight. right, Adam, have this one at eight. What do you got for me? Okay, uh, number one, my favourite, and I'll never forgive the fact that he wore a Chelsea shirt. Still haunts me to this day, Sask Fabregas. Not only did he wear a Chelsea um, shirt, he turned down an Arsenal shirt to come to Chelsea. I know, it makes it worse. Um, <laughs> ding. So I, I, I realised I've got the ding. Oh, good, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Giroud. Yep, that's two. Uh, Willian. Three. Um, David Luiz. Four. Petr Cech. Five. Uh, Ashley Cole. Six. Uh, Jorginho. Yep, seven. Oh, modern one. Obama Yang. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that Talksport failed on their list. That it, There's 13 to choose from, apparently. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's Talksport for oh, you. Oh, shit. Well played, Adam. All right, eight. Ding, 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 ding. If this next question isn't Ian's who played in the Premier League, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> that's a too short of a letter combination and too common. It would be in the middle of a lot of names, I feel like. Um, but no, we'll do one in honor of chuck who is no longer with us for this week listener he's healthy he's fine he's having a good time at disney world um and oh, yeah he's having a lovely old time lovely time lots of good, good pictures time, all of the mountain dew he's in the capital of mountain dew <laughs> oh, which is God. florida um, he is nothing but e numbers now 31 players <laughs> listed as first team crystal palace players on their own website 
How many Crystal Palace first team players 2022, 2023 can you name? Just Crystal Palace players? First team players on their Palace website. Yep. They have 31 players listed as first team players. <laughs> oh my God. How many of the 31 current Palace players can you name? Who goes first? Uh, Ian, you go first. Okay, I'll go 11. Fucking hell, that's, that's a big bit <laughs> to start so off. so bold. You have what, um, two written down at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I but I can't. Look, we can't go two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, like, enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Eleven, as many as eleven. <laughs> he thinks he can name a full palace lineup. Can you name one plus a substitute, Adam? I'm trying to think of a of the palace eleven from the weekend, which I think I probably could. I think I could probably name it, and then I would have to back myself to get a substitute. So yeah, I'll say twelve. Oh, lucky number 13, Ian. You need these points for the season. Although you're playing for Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Yeah, I'll go 13. Okay. Uh, I might have to give this to you, Ian. All right. Let's have it. Uh, Goalkeepers, um, Gaeta and uh, John Stone. Two. This is all like FPL stuff. Yeah, I figured you guys would have at least some. So, uh, right. So that's two, isn't it? Sorry, that's I'm writing two. down. Yeah. Um, so uh, defenders, um, Ward. Three. Um, Tompkins. Four. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Gay, Mark Gay. Five. And uh, my boy, Anderson. I love Anderson. Yep, six. Good. Yep. Elise. Seven. And number seven. Eze. Eight. Number ten. Um... Zaha. Nine. Uh, Edward. Ten. Very nice. Many, three more. Oh, three, three. Shit. Um, okay. Now I'm actually struggling, actually. Um, uh, Decore. Uh, Eleven. Schlup. Everyone Twelve. loves Schlup. Oh, and your boy used to take the penalties. Um, who doesn't play that much anymore. Um, uh, Milivojevic. Hey, ding, 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 ding. Damn it. Point to Chuck. Chuck, play your music. I'm not playing Chuck's music. <laughs> I refuse to play Chuck's music. All I'm right, playing fine, my music, bluff. which I'm is gonna far give that funnier. Point to Ian. <laughs> Ian, you won that fairly and squarely, so I'll give you that point. Uh, and if you hadn't won it, I would have given you the point anyway, because you would have won for yourself or whatever. Adam would have won. Anyway, Who congratulations! Yay. <laughs> yay, yay me! Oh dear. Uh, Adam, did you want to throw any Palace players on the end of there? Well, see, the one that I was wondering about was uh, I had Lakonga. He was going to be mm-hmm. one. He's there. Um, yep. You could have had Tyrick Mitchell as well. Oh, Mitchell, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he was darling of the FPL community for a little while. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Yeah, yeah he um, was, yeah. Mateta? You didn't say Mateta? I didn't say yeah, Mateta. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, uh, did you say Ward? Yeah, I said Ward, yeah. He said Ward, oh, but said I don't Ward. believe you said Ayu. No, I didn't. No, Ooh, not Who Ayu. came up earlier in the episode, so that would have been a freebie. Okay. okay. Oh, an absolute delight, gentlemen. Are you going to take us out, Oscar? Oh, shit, I guess. One of us has to. We haven't really thought about this, have we? (laughs) Yeah. What do we do when Chuck isn't on, when it's just me and you? I guess, uh, let me just read a list of games at super speed, (laughs) as if anyone's going to keep up with the words I'm saying. 
Um, let's see. Coming soon in the Premier League. Ian, start playing the music, I guess, while I do this. Coming up, we have Leicester Everton. That's happening right now. Arsenal, Chelsea tomorrow. Liverpool, Fulham, Manchester City, West Ham, Brighton, Manchester United, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, Wolves, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Manchester City, Leeds, Liverpool, Brentford, Newcastle United, Arsenal, West Ham, Manchester United, Fulham, Leicester, Brighton, Everton, Southampton, and Nottingham Forest. Thank you for joining us. It's always been a pleasure to be with you, Adam. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And uh, always nice to record with you. Good to be back. Ian, say goodbye. You vote for Shalaska. Why? How did I overshoot? I, I nailed that. <laughs> you oh, haven't the thanked Patreon. The, you haven't thanked the producers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, look yeah. it up. You know who you are. Good job. <laughs>